This is Creek with At The Table Podcast. Here at At The Table Podcast, our goal is to break down scripture and biblical topics to make them easy to understand and inspire a conversation that is ultimately glorifying to God. We pray that this content blesses you, challenges you, and edifies you in your faith. So have a seat at the table, and without further ado, let's get into the show. Good evening. Good <laughs> it's been a long day here at At The Table Podcast. There's so much anxiety that comes with just saying good morning or good evening so we don't sound like we're we're twinning every single time. Gosh, we, we ought a production meeting that. Man. Find out who's going to start this. Should we talk about all that's happened or do here, we just want to? Here you guys are like inviting people into the production meeting again. I think it helps them grow. Like the fact that Dalton <laughs> forgot the mouse. I was going to say, well, I wasn't going to out him like that. Uh, you guys outed me when I deleted an episode. You were breaking me over the coals. So Look. Dalton deleted the mouse, caused us to start 30 minutes late, which is, to be fair, is in his wheelhouse. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Mistakes were made. Wow. Okay. Right. It's okay. Wow. Oh, okay. No, no. Um, all seriousness. That's okay. Well, yeah. Go well, that's you, true. Go ahead. But, yeah, but you can, you know, after you smash your brother, you talk about God's word. It's all good. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, <laughs> bitter and sweet water. Same we problem. And we are in Genesis, so. Moving on. Yeah. So, uh, we're, to do we're picking up uh, on the third episode of the Snake Crusher. Yeah, so we were given a picture of how, like, Isaac is a son obedient to death. Yeah. Um, and per- in perfect submission to his father's will. And sort of the motif that that left us with. And so now we're in Genesis chapter 24. Yeah. Uh, I think that we, we're kind of seeing with this birth of of Isaac you know, and, you know, with this picture that we, that we were given, that the focus seems to be moving away from Abraham. The focus has shifted to the next generation, and so we're, we're we're talking about this. We're looking at Isaac, the son, and and we're going to trace his life and see where he measures up and where he doesn't. So I guess I'll just start in, in chapter twenty four. So this is a, a, going to be we won't read it verbatim, but it's going to be a quick summary of how Isaac meets his woman, his wife, his helpmate, yeah. and and. Through that, how this line is carried on. But starting with uh, 24, it says, Now that when Abraham was old and advanced in years, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things, Abraham said to his servant, who had charge over all that he had, Put your hand under my thigh. There's that language again. We talked about that covenant, you know, placement. Put your hand under my thigh, that I may swear Make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, the God of earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell, but will go into my country to my kindred and take a wife for my son Isaac. So, pausing there, why do you guys think it's important to Abraham that Isaac doesn't marry a Canaanite? Yeah, I think uh, part of my opinion is, and this is just my opinion, but I think, you know, it could potentially trace back to the fact that, you know, 
descent the descendants of Canaan uh, plus Canaan himself were you know cursed by by Noah to be in subjection to the brethren around them right to um his uh ham and was it Japheth I think yeah so I think that and there could potentially be some gen 6 stuff in there too it's just important because the Amorites and the Raphaim have also like mingled with the Canaanites maybe that's just my opinion something I'll point out in this story is that God is very sovereign over who marries who and who begots who. Right. Yeah. He's definitely got his hand in control over that. I think that the biggest reason is because Abraham has been given the land of Canaan, but he's not going to do that through inheritance. And God doesn't want Abraham to be mixed into these people because God is going to eventually judge these people. Mm. Uh, and so Abraham, to him, it's very important. So moving along to this story, he talks to this servant of, of his household, and he tells this servant that he is to go back to his land of his kindred. And But there's this key little phrase in here. He says, and the Lord will send his angel before you. And so, the, like Creek said, there's this idea that God is, is sovereign and, and that God's hand is in this process. But as Isaac goes, or uh, the servant goes on behalf of Isaac, he's going to run into a woman and... She, he's going to bring this woman back to Isaac. And uh, obviously, we're, we're not reading this verbatim, but skipping along into 25, we're going to Abraham's death and his descendants. So Abraham took another wife whose name was Keturah. She bore him Zimran, <coughs> Jokshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, Shuah. Jokshan fathered Sheba, Dedan, and the sons of Dedan were Asherim, Let to Shem and Leum. Sorry, guys. Dalton is way better at these names than I am. The sons of Midian were Ephaph, Epher, Hanok, Abidah, and Eldah, and these were the children of Keturah. But Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac. But to the son of his concubines, Abraham gave gifts while he was still living, and he sent them away from his son Isaac eastward to the east country. Mm. Probably a smart move. I'm just saying, like, I, I believe in that kind of inheritance. <laughs> but what's crazy, too, is, like, right after you have Abraham painted in a good light, here he is, like, keep in mind, this brother is old. And, he, <laughs> and he's already got the descendant promised to him by God that was going to carry forth this Edenic blessing, right? Yeah. And in spite of the fact that he's already got what he's promised from God, he takes another wife and he bores for him, you know, Zimran, Jokshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. One of those, which is Midian, becomes the father of what's going to be another rival to the promised seed. So in fact, it's not too long into the into the, the yeah. narrative that you run into a problem with those people. Yeah, issues. Well, and I won't lie, I don't think there's anything here, you know, sinful about marrying after your spouse dies, I suppose, but... I have always felt a certain type of way about him doing this. Well, yeah, if you knew that every one of your kids was going to be a nation, like you, you get what I'm saying, like, yeah. like Wisdom, come on, bro, maybe you should have. <laughs> You're yeah. with this chick for like 120 years, whatever, and then uh, right, yeah, no doubt. You can't go like five years. He dies at 175, and it's like, dog, you were in your hundreds when you first started this childbearing well, game. The New Testament says, if you burn with lust, man. I'm not, I'm not going to go there with you. If you want to go there, that's on you. Anyway, oh, gosh. in verse 7, I like how it 
gives us a good ending to his life. It says, these are the days of the years of Abraham's life, 175 years. Abraham breathed his last and died in a good old age, an old man and full of years, and was gathered to his people. Isaac and Ishmael, his sons, buried him in the cave of Machpelah, in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar the Hittite, east of Mamre, the field that Abraham purchased from the Hittites. There Abraham was buried with Sarah, his wife. After the death of Abraham, God blessed Isaac, his son, and Isaac settled at Beer Lachairoi. It's kind of cool that uh, Ishmael comes back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Unification. See, yeah. yeah the, 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 no more the, the quarreling of the brothers, which is a huge pattern in Scripture. I, I really, I'm glad you pointed that, uh, that out. I really love that. Have you guys heard any of the tradition of, like, there's an old Jewish tradition that her, the, this place where Abraham and, and, um, and Sarah are buried is also the tomb of Adam and Eve? Yeah. I know the Jews have, like, a, a legend, so to speak, like sort of outlining this cave of Machpelah to be like the gateway to Eden or something yeah. like that. Yeah, Wouldn't that be dope if that was true? Yeah. Those things are always definitely fascinating. It but, gives us like a genealogy, too, of Ishmael's descendants and um, even tells us how long he lived, which is interesting that it includes here. The years of Ishmael are 137 years. He breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people. They settled from Havilah to Shur, which is opposite of Egypt in the direction of Syria. He settled over against all of his kinsmen, which is kind of what, at least in part, what was promised of him. The rest of that, you know, is going to come. Yeah. And then it starts us off with the generations of Isaac. So it tells us that Isaac ends up having some seed of his own. Well, I think that that's probably like important for us to start from is because we're about to read Isaac's first test. Isaac's about to come into the first moment where that we read, other than obviously carrying wood up to be <laughs> the bed in which you're going to be laid in sacrifice. I think that that's a pretty solid test. A pretty good test. <laughs> no doubt. Pretty good test. But we're about to read Isaac. He's going to be tested in the same way that Abraham was. And we're so picking up at 19, it says, These are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham fathered Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah. I could not wait for 40 years. But the daughter of wow. <laughs> Rebecca, the, the, come on, dog. These people are patient. Dang. And Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebecca, the daughter of Bethuel, and the Aramean of Padan Haram, the sister of Laban, the Aramean, to be his wife. And Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren. Wow. That kind of contrasts him to his father a lot. Sarah can't have a child after that's been promised to her right and at least in the time that she wanted and so i didn't she pick like hey let's just faithfully wait for the lord was that was that what she chose yeah no well i, th I find it interesting that you don't ever read it in scripture even when god like comes and like sovereignly tells abraham i'm going to give you a son you never have a moment where that we read anyway where abraham's like god i really would love for you to give me a child or even tell his wife like hey god literally appeared to me but you remember when I did yeah. that whole, did that whole like cake thing, wash their feet, take yeah. care of them, told you to dress a cow. That was God and two angels came. They said, we're going to have a child this time next year. So this, you know, which of course that was after Ishmael. So you can't really fault him for that. Uh, what I can say though is, is like you, you definitely don't see this, this kind of, all of Abraham's meetings with God are God initiating the meeting, right? Mm -hmm. 
true. But here we read where the seed of the woman can can come before God with a request. He's going to pray on behalf so we have intercession. That's another key part that we've learned. But he's he's he has this ability where he can pray to God on behalf of his wife, and God's going to grant his request. Yeah, that's what's crazy is it's just, and the Lord granted his prayer. And his wife, Rebecca, conceived. What if uh, that's it? Oh, Abraham would have prayed. Man. Probably would have avoided a lot of nations that are against Israel <laughs> a lot of to this day. Yeah. And the Lord granted his prayer, and Rebecca, his wife, conceived, and the children struggled within her. And she said, if thus, if if it is thus, why is this happening to me? And so she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb. Two peoples from within you shall be divided, and one will be stronger than the other, and the older shall, shall serve the younger. So, hold up. Now not only can the seed of the woman ask of God, but now the woman can ask of God. Mm. Now, mm. now the woman can inquire of God. Do we ever see Sarah do that? No. No. So right now, things are looking like pretty good. In fact, she only laughed at God. <laughs> Man. So like not only... Well, you... to, to be fair, carrying <laughs> twins, causing a lot of friction in a day before sonograms, can be a little concerning. Yeah. You know? I mean, so she inquires of God, and he tells her, hey, there's two nations are in your womb. Two peoples from within you shall be divided. One will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger, but... Something about seeing that two nations are in your womb gives this feeling that already, just by being the offspring of Abraham, that both of these boys, uh, just to, I guess I kind of spoiled that one, both of these boys are blessed. Both of these nations are blessed. They definitely both have, have the same blessing of Abraham, but yeah. I think that also it says that she felt them struggling within her. And so the idea is not just like, it, it's already keying off this story with like they already fighting. There's gonna conflict. Yeah, there's yeah. conflict between brothers. Trouble in paradise. They're not even born yet, and they're, it's already not good. And there's a promise because we know that anything God says comes true. The older shall serve the younger. Mm. Yeah. So continuing with that in mind, when her days to give birth, verse twenty four of Genesis twenty five were completed, behold, there were twins in her womb. So. You know, just as God said, the first comes out red, all of his body like a hairy cloak. So they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out with his hand holding Esau's heel. So his name was called Yaakov, or he that grabs the heel. Bro, I got to be honest with you. I find it really weird that he's hairy all over like a cloak. I'm just glad that people don't name babies that way anymore. They would have called me like the Hebrew word for ugly or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, Esau's like hashtag Bigfoot. So she gave birth to John. He was ugly. So they called his name ugly. Creek keeps coughing. <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's important to um it's important to know. So it says that it gives us kind of a skip. So Isaac's 60 years old when she bears the boys. When the boys grow up. Esau is a skillful hunter, a man of the field. So to me, Esau's kind of sounding a little bit like Cain, right? And while Jacob was a quiet man, dwelling in tents. Yeah, and Adam especially, yeah, the I whole mean, name meaning red. But well, I, even in Isaac, the working the ground from which you came. Right? Yeah. Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Listen. But Rebecca loved Jacob. What's the old adage? 
The way to a man's heart is through his stomach. Man, that ain't no play. I'm just saying. So we're given like, we've already been given the boys' names. Esau means red, right? Um, Or they call him Esau because he's red and hairy. And then they call Jacob, Jacob. Or he that grabs your heel or cheats because (laughs) he came out already grabbing his older brother's heel with in mind that the older brother is going to serve the younger. Yeah. Verse 29 tells us that when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in the field and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, hey, let me eat some of that red stew for I'm exhausted. Therefore, his name was called Edom. It sounds like the Hebrew word for red. But consequently, we should note as well that Edom in Hebrew sounds a lot like Adam in Hebrew. Yeah. And the two names are are, are pretty linked. much the same. They have yeah. a link together. Yeah. So Jacob says, sell me your birthright now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, he's just it's a little right out of it. Yeah. Hey. A little shrewd. I yeah. think he's, he's got, obviously put some, some thought into this. So I'm having a hard time that this is just like off the cuff. Like, I'm like, I'm well, this here. is the second time he's grabbed the heel. That <laughs> well, yeah. that's why he's named as such. But yeah, he's, and, he, he says, sell me your birthright. And Esau's like, I'm about to die. Of what use is a birthright to me? Jacob said, swear to me now. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. So, like uh, you mentioned before, the the linkage between um, Edom and Adam. And it's definitely there, and we're going to see that even grow in what we just read because Adam traded his birthright for food. He was given dominion and rulership over the earth, Mm -hmm. and he trades it for the fruit of the tree. And here Esau proves he's the son of Adam. Yeah. Nothing if not, you know, and and he he trades away his birthright. And we've already read where Abraham is a wealthy man. Isaac is even wealthier. and. Esau despises it all and trades it away for one bowl of stew. Well, and we've been promised, and I'm sure this was passed down to Jacob and Esau. Like, you did not have to sell, you did not have to trick him to sell his birthright. He was already promised to serve you. We, we I yeah. mean, maybe, yeah. We, do, we don't know that, that if yeah. his mom told him or not. But you do wonder, like, whilst this promise as the reader is in the back of your head, and then you see Esau do such a thing. You know, uh, but not like Esau do the thing, but Jacob, like, I mean, I know this is your name. This is kind (laughs) of literally what you're called, but you're going to cheat your own brother for something that has been already assured would be yours. Well, he was usurping out the wound. (laughs) He literally grabbed his brother's foot and was trying to pull him back in or pull, you know, it's like, so like clearly, you know, Jacob is a one of a kind here, but you almost get the picture of a person like if a person is drowning, right, and they're going to be saved, how if you dive in to save them, they always say that's the worst idea because as they struggle to stay above water, they'll push you under, right? Like this idea that the survival, you know, when you're um, left over to your own instincts, I would say, to over your over to your own mind, <laughs> that you would you would be willing to put another in harm's way to make sure that you get what you. What's well, a lack of trust? Yeah. Is what and we that's a, a theme through through scripture is like and it's it's what started it in the beginning, right? God said, "Don't do," but instead of trusting God that He's going to give me that good thing in time, I'm going to see it's good in my own eyes and take it in my own way. 
So in spite of the fact that, you know, Jacob's, or sorry, Isaac's boys, or pun intended, a little hairy. <laughs> At least one of them is a lot of hairy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, thus far, Isaac really hasn't looked too bad. But this next story kind of gives us some insight into, uh, is Isaac our snake crush, or is he a son of Adam? Even in this story, it seems like, because I, it seems like everybody in this story is doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Like, and here we clearly see that Isaac loves Esau more because yeah, he loves his food. But getting back to the text, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. It says there was a famine in the land, the former, the besides the former famine in the days of Abraham, and Isaac went to Gerar. Did I just skip that? No, no, you're good. Okay. Went to Gerar to yeah. Abimelech. Abimelech, the yeah. king of the Philistines. And the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt and dwell in the land that I shall tell you. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you, and I will bless you. For to you and your offspring I will give all these lands, and I will establish the oath that I have swore to your father Abraham. And I will multiply your offspring as the stars of the heavens, and will give to your offspring all of these lands, and in your offspring all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge and my commandments and my statutes and my laws. Wow. Edenic blessing yeah. promised. Yeah. And, and promise not just to Isaac, but hinted like this is going to carry on into into your boys. Which kind of gives us the feel that maybe Isaac isn't the guy because this promise of seed is continuing forward. It's on. starting to hint that. But yeah. the, the point and for the sake of this like podcast series is that God is highlighting each generation. And we see this moment where Isaac is highlighted. But now the story seems to be shifting. Mm. We're getting hints that, oh, well, there's these two boys and, and there's this thing going on with him. So in, in 26, moving along, so Isaac settled in Gerar and the men of the place asked him about his wife. And he said, she is my sister. Oh, boy. Man. <laughs> the, old, the old faithful flea flicker play. <laughs> he is in his father's. Dude, come God. on, bro. Took one right out of his, his book. I'm going to say that like if I'm late for work. Hey, why were you late for work? She's my sister. <laughs> she, she is my sister. For we feared to say, my wife, thinking, lest the men of the place should kill me because of Rebecca. Exact same thing that Abraham thought. She was attractive in appearance. That's like my wife. Dude, I knew you were going to jump in there. So. <laughs> I'll let you have it. And when he had been there a long time, Abimelech, there's another ringer. King of the Philistines looked mm. looked out the window and saw Isaac laughing with Rebecca, his <laughs> wife. I, I like, um, I think it's the King James that says, sees him treating with his wife. And it's like, well, I don't really know what that means. Yeah, there's an implication there in the, the Hebrew uh, that's the, like, it's a little more than just laughing, I, I, probably. The, the NASB says caressing. Yeah. I kind of think it's, I kind of imagine <laughs> them like playfully flirt flirting yeah maybe maybe yeah but either way it's funny because caressing <laughs> so abimelech <laughs> called isaac and said behold she is your wife <laughs> <laughs> how could you say she is my sister and isaac said because i thought i would die because of her so it's funny because abimelech's like you can just picture him sitting in this window after he's heard of this uh, this isaac guy you know coming and settling in gerar and uh some of his boys. It's not Abimelech this time. Yeah. Abimelech's not the one that's trying to take what looks good to his eyes. Yeah. And we don't get the feeling from these people that they're trying to take her by force. Sure. 
but they come up and they're like, uh, I mean, hey, who is that chick? And Man. you you get the this feeling that maybe word has reached Abimelech, and as he's like sitting up, you know, I don't I don't know, probably on his balcony in his palace, and he's looking out. And he sees Isaac. He's like, uh-huh. I thought this looked familiar. <laughs> We've been, it's like Frodo. Who's you your know? daddy? <laughs> We've been here before. <laughs> oh, man. How could you say then she is my sister? Isaac said, because I thought I would die because of her. So Abimelech said, what is this you have done to us? One of the people might easily have lain in with your wife, and you would have brought guilt upon us. So Abimelech charged all the people, saying, Whoever touches this man or his wife will surely be put to death. What's amazing <laughs> is Abimelech has had the, the same conversation Abimelech is having with his people. The Lord has had with him. He's like, if you touch her, I'm going to kill you. He says you're as good as a dead man. Yeah, you're a dead man, right? So Abimelech's like playing the role of like a... I, the good I guy. Say this: a righteous intercessor, yeah. right? Yeah. On behalf of saving his people from taking something that would cause them to be guilty, and he knows because God's already yeah. told him this with this man's he's, father. He's doing what Adam should have done. Yes. And and really, crazy, he he's, plays the heel grabber. Yeah. He's a deceiver. He's a, he yeah. lies. Yeah, and it's not. I mean, Abimelech. He's a Philistine. He's not a promise. See. Yeah. You know. Yep. So Isaac fails the test. <laughs> But the but, Lord blesses him anyway. Yeah. The Lord keeps him and and multiplies his numbers. <coughs> we have this little note where it's Isaac. He he's dug again the wells that his father Abraham had uh, and had contention over, and they were quarreled over. And after that, we have this moment in chapter twenty-seven, and this is where it gets good. I do think it's important to notice that. There's strife in Genesis 26 between Isaac and the Philistines, right? He digs a well. They envy him, so they come and stop it up. Listen, so he digs another well, and then they stop it up. And then he digs another well, and they stop it up. And so he's like, he's, he's having strife with these people. He has this altar moment. The Lord appears to him and says, I'm the God of Abraham, your father. Fear not. I'm with you. I'll bless you and multiply you. So he reassures him. And then Abimelech comes to him. Uh, from Gerar with his advisor, uh, Ahuzath, and Fikol, the commander. So oh, the same Fikol. one, yeah, trusty old great. <laughs> and Isaac says to him, like, yo, why are you coming out here, saying that you hate me and you sent me away from you? So apparently we get the feeling that they didn't treat him with the same kindness that they did Abraham, right? Where he was like, come yeah. and dwell anywhere you want. So they said, we see plainly that the Lord has been with you. <laughs> <laughs> so then... That we said, let there be a sworn pact between us, between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you, that you will do us no harm, just as we have not touched you and have done to you nothing but good and sent you away in peace. You are now blessed for the Lord. So he makes them a feast. They eat and drink. They exchange oaths. They tell them about the strife with the wells. Esau's 40 years old at this point, and Esau takes the wife of a Hittite. Not yeah. not good. Actually, not just one, but two. And it says that because of him taking these, uh, or sorry, one, uh, no, two, yeah. Because he takes these two Hittite wife, it makes things, the scripture literally says, um, 
and they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebecca, or they were bitterness of spirit because of these hits I watched. <laughs> you ever run into something that makes your wife bitter? Oh, boy. Imagine <laughs> having three of them. Dang. Oh, man. Imagine not just making both of your, but like your wives cause bitterness for your mother. Like, that's a little easier for me to choke down in a way. Uh, yeah, either way, bitterness of spirit because of two it's people. not great for Isaac. They ought not be there. Right? Yeah. So Esau's again showcasing himself in a way Man, that that's, should that's make really good point. that should make Isaac look at the circumstance and say, Am I going to give the Edenic the Edenic blessing that was passed to my offspring, exclusively my offspring? Yeah. Right? I got my wife exclusively from my father's land to my son, who has now taken not just one Canaanite wife, but he's taken a Hittite precisely and two of them for wives. And they're making our lives bitter. Well, you don't see that Esau is evil. You do see that he's stupid. Because, I mean, he despises his blessing, which Jacob is willing to deceive and take and do whatever. He's got to get it. Like, he understands what the blessing is, or the birthright is, excuse me, the, the birthright. He understands what the value that is. And so This is Creek Without the Table podcast. We pray you're enjoying the show. If you are, feel free to leave us a good rating, share our podcast with a friend, and turn on post notifications so that you don't miss an episode. You can find us on Facebook, Patreon, Apple Music, Spotify, or any other streaming platform. Get comfortable and enjoy the rest of the show. So you have this moment with Esau where like it's he's not doing what his fathers have done. His fathers have said, no, I am not going to marry of the Canaanites. I'm not going to marry of these people of the land, but I'm going to go back to my people. and I'm going to get a wife from them. He Esau's not concerned about that. No. He's, he just quickly a good point. assumes yeah. and he, he dives right into marrying right into the culture and it doesn't do good for his mother. Yeah. But it's cool because we have uh, this descendant of Adam now in Isaac, who's clearly kind of made himself not really a candidate to be the snake crusher anymore. But this next story with him just kind of solidifies that in a way. <laughs> so the first one has his eyes opened um, as the result of taking something. And in this case, we have someone failing to play their role because their eyes don't work as they should. He can't see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it makes the deception easier for him to be deceived. When Isaac was old and his eyes were dim, so he could not see, he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, he answered, Here I am. Behold, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Take your weapons and your quiver and your bow and go out to the field and hunt game for me and prepare for me delicious food such as I love. Bring it to me so that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. Gosh, dog. (laughs) That must be some good food. That deer's got to taste good. (laughs) Hey, I'm all about the quiver and the bow. You guys know me. I am just a dumb old redneck. With it. (laughs) So we have this, this moment where Isaac's going to, he's calling forth Esau and he's wanting to bless him. But Rebecca's listening. You have this idea, almost like 
in the garden where there was this serpent that was around. Like she's she's listening. She's she's what'd you say? Dropping some eaves. And she hears Isaac say this and she she sees like, whoa, if I don't act now, in her mind she said, if I don't act now, then Esau is gonna get he's gonna get it the blessing. The the identic blessing that belongs to the line of the snake crusher, he's gonna get it. And the prophecy that was given to me that Jacob would would be the greater of the two. It's gonna it's gonna fall through. It isn't gonna work. And we don't really get the at least anything in the text that explicitly tells us that Isaac knows. But as a married person, it's like really tough for me to envision yeah. that your wife would have that kind of. I know it says that she treasured these things in her heart. Yeah. But surely this is a conversation you have had with the boy's father. Yeah. Or maybe I don't know. I mean, that's not <laughs> something that we know. That would be just conjecture, but. It's definitely presenting a complication. So Rebecca intervenes. She says, now, my son, obey me as I command you. Go to the flock and bring me two good young goats so that I may prepare them for some delicious food for your father, such as he loves, and you will bring it to your father to eat so that he may bless you before he dies. But Jacob said to Rebecca, behold, my brother Esau is hairy, and I am a smooth man. I'm a smooth man too, my dude. Perhaps my father will feel me, and it shall seem that I'm mocking him, and it will bring upon me a curse and not a blessing. And his mother said, Let the curse be upon me, my son. Only obey my voice and bring them to me. Hmm. Youch. Man. <laughs> Let she it be really on me. This, guy, this son. Yeah. She yeah. does. Yeah. I mean, she's willing to take the curse. You know, if there's a curse, she's willing to take it upon herself. And honestly, after this story, we don't ever hear from her again. But it is... I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to paint it as pure virtue. It's not, yeah. You, but you get this idea that, like, you, you almost get the idea that in order to see this happen, that she's willing to take the fall, and that seems like a good thing, but you're you're getting it in a snaky way, Yeah. right? You're, oh, gosh. You're conspiring with Jacob to Jacob somebody, who <laughs> <laughs> is your husband, you know? Yeah, and the person that you're, it's not just your husband, but it's also your other son. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, gosh. Instead of tr- well, it's a moment where you're set up to think like, you should trust God here. God told you specifically who was going to be greater. You should trust God here. Yeah. But she takes it into her own hands. Yeah, well, and uh, it, it works. I mean, <laughs> he goes into his father in verse 18. Uh, so he went into his father, sorry, rather. And said, my father, and he said, here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you have told me. Set up a need of my game that your soul may bless me. But Isaac says, you've uh, you've got that game off of me. <laughs> like, Certainly you're a better hunter than you were <laughs> before. And Jacob pulls out just the just the most snaky answer that yeah. he could think of, it seems. Wow. Because the Lord your God has granted me success. <laughs> oh, the gosh. Lord your God has granted you success? What are you talking about? He's so like, please come near that I may feel you, my son. So this brother knows that he may not be able to see with his eyes, but he can see with his hands because yeah. Esau can, is a hairy man. And he can hear because it yeah. says that we he comes to his father who felt him and said, the voice... It's Jacob's voice. Yeah, it's like he's... But the hands are the hands of Esau. And he's I... confused. Yeah. He's like, he didn't <laughs> recognize him. 
because his hands are hairy like his brother's hands because his mom dressed his hands up with that that goat skin so he's got like really hairy hands and he says like it's almost like he's giving him a second chance to be honest because he's like a way out are you really my son Esau and he's like I am I am gosh stop so he he brought it near to him and he ate so because he says bring it near to me and I'll eat of my son's game and I'll bless you then his father Isaac said to him come near and kiss me my son so he came near and kissed him, and he smelled of his garments and blessed him. So there's like this smell check even. Yeah. <laughs> he says, see the smell of my son. It's as the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May the God, or sorry, may God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, of plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers. May your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be everyone who blesses you. And as soon as Isaac finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of his father. <laughs> Dipped out the back door. <laughs> he said, it's, it's almost like, you know, maybe he sweat like, come on, Man. Dad, He's like, oh, rush it up. Uh, uh, but what, what, a blessing, <laughs> what a blessing, right? May God give you the dew of heaven, the fatness of the earth, plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you. Nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers. Now your mother, there's the supremacy. And then yeah. the whole blessing and curse thing. Cursed be everyone who curses you. Yeah. And blessed be everyone who blesses it's you. A, so, it's the Abrahamic blessing. He's yeah. Like, it's not just a birthright being sold, but he's stealing the blessing of his father to the firstborn son who, yeah. will, who will carry on this um, Edenic blessing. Well, as Jacob dips out the back, old Esau walks in the front, mm. and he is met with a little bit different of a of a welcome than he was expecting. It says that he comes in, and he says, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game, that you may bless me. And his father Isaac said to him, Who are you? I am your son, your firstborn, Esau. And then Isaac trembled very violently and said, Who was it that then hunted the game and brought it to me, and I ate before you came? And I have blessed him. Yes, and he shall be blessed. Then as soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, O father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully, and he has taken away your blessing. Esau said, Is he not rightly called Jacob? For he has cheated me twice and taken my birthright, and now he has taken my blessing. Have you not reserved a blessing for me? So, I want to stop here, guys, because Yakov Yakoved me. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm of a different opinion on this. I think, and I, I leave room for you know this is an open-handed held belief about what I read in the story. But my question is, Esau asks, you know, Isaac, can you have you not also reserved a blessing for me? Isaac seems to have this idea like only one person can be blessed. Mm. That's not been the case thus far. Ishmael never asked for a blessing. He never asked for the the, the Abrahamic blessing of being made a nation, and that children, but God did it anyway. Yeah. And every one of Abraham's sons from Qatar nations, God blessed them. So why does Isaac seem to think that obviously one is going to be? God's already said one's <laughs> going to be. He's going to rule over the other. One is going to be greater. Yeah. But why does Isaac seem to to think that? It's either blessing or curse. Man, because the blessing that he gives him 
This is terrible. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Away from the fatness of the earth will be your dwelling. Away from the dew of heaven on high. By your sword you will live and you will serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you will break his yoke from your neck. So it ends with like this little, like, I guess, you know, at least you're not going to serve him forever. But I, I just think that that's a valid point. Yeah. It's this this idea like that God doesn't have enough to bless both. So Esau's ticked. He says he hates Jacob because of the blessing. It's crazy. He doesn't even say he hates him because of the birthright. Yeah. He hates him because of the blessing. Well, because he understands what that blessing means. Right. Now. Yeah. Maybe when he was younger, he was a little bit naive, didn't know what, about you know what it meant. He's convinced his dad's about to die. Since the days of mourning for my father are approaching, then I'll kill Jacob after yeah. that. He said, I'm done with him. I'm going to yank him. I think it's important to note, too, like out of the two of them, Esau seems like the better guy. <laughs> In some cases, for sure. Maybe he's ignorant. Maybe he's naive. Yeah. But he's not a heel. He's guy. not wicked. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob is being wicked. Jacob's <laughs> being a liar and a snake. In fact, it is purposely, the language is purposely used to, to paint Jacob in the light of the snake in the garden. Yeah. He's the heel grabber. Where does that come from? Mm. Oh, the prophecy that this started this entire podcast series, right? I mean, it's like the he's going to bite your heel. And that's that's exactly what Jacob has been doing. He's living up to his name. But his mom overhears the plot. She's like, hey, uh, you need to smash out. My brother Laban lives in Haran. Stay with him for a while until your brother's wrath turns away, and then I'll send for you, and I'll bring you back. Why should I grieve both of you in one day? <laughs> well, you then, wouldn't be grieving one of us if you would intervene. But. but again, you know, may the curse be on me, right? Then yeah. Rebecca says to Isaac, I loathe my life because both of the Hittite women. If Jacob marries one of the Hittite women like me, one of the women of the land, what good will my life be to me? So she's like, dude, I can't do it. So Isaac in Genesis 28 calls Jacob, blesses him, which is not something you would expect your father to do right after you. I, I want, I'm glad you brought that up because I did, want, I did want to touch on that. I think that that's important because it seems like that even though Isaac, he, he gets deceived, he gets done wickedly, we have this idea like, this this blessing is so sacred. Like even if you lied to me to get it, once it's given, it's given. It's set in stone. And he even tells Esau that he said he's taking your blessing, and indeed he will be blessed. Yeah, it's like in this situation. I I personally, this is only my personal belief for the sake of the audience. I personally believe that Isaac knew all along that that Jacob was to be the one, and everyone in this situation is doing the wrong thing. Rebecca is is stepping outside of her place. She's getting in between daddy and the boys. Isaac's trying to, to bypass God's command and bless the oldest, even though God has clearly said that Jacob will be the one. Esau's despising, you know, his, his birthright. And Rebecca, or uh, sorry, Jacob is being a snake. Yeah, it, the, this is a critical point in the text. Everybody in the story is a bad guy. Yeah. Everybody so is what? a bad guy. So as far as the snake crusher, we know it can't be we know it can't be Rebecca. It's from the seed of the woman, yeah. right? But it's a he it's in Genesis three, right? It's clearly not Isaac. In fact, he's about to die. And yeah. it's not done much evil crushing, right? And then Esau is wanting to crush something, all right. But he's wanting to crush his brother. He is wanting to crush a snake. And, <laughs> and his brother has metaphorically pretty well crushed him in just about every category, <laughs> yeah. right? 
so there's a lot of like there's a lot of biting going on and yeah. a lot of conflict in it it for the reader if you come to this point in the text um and our brothers at the bible project point this <laughs> out i love how tim Mackey put this it it feels like this edenic blessing which is also carrying in it the hopes of all of humanity's redemption is like a diamond that's been placed into the hands of a toddler wandering yeah. on new york you know new york's busiest street with drain pipes everywhere you know dropping it and puddles of crap and mud and just scuffing it up and you're like how can we trust that this god as creek pointed out earlier that's so sovereign over this stuff can yeah. bring this plan to pass can bless the nations through these seed when these seeds right now aren't really acting like a lot of blessing and the guy that we're told from God, he told Rebecca, would be the one to carry this thing forward. Is a, he's a thief. Yeah, he's a liar, a, a liar, a deceiver, and a thief. He's playing all of the same rules, roles, sorry, as the snake. But Isaac directs him, and he blesses them, and he sends them to Padanaram. Um, and you know, he went to Padanaram to Laban's house. Yeah to the son of Bethuel, the Aramean, the brother of Jacob, Esau, and Jacob's mother. Then Esau sees that Isaac uh, had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Padanaram to take a wife from there. And he blessed him and directed him, don't take from, don't take a wife from the Canaanite women. <laughs> so Esau sees that Canaanite women don't please his father. So he's like, well, huh. he goes to Ishmael. This is his uncle. He goes to Ishmael and takes as a wife. Besides the wives he already has, Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son. Not good. Not awesome. He's but, pretty much just rebelling. But it, 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 let's be honest, though. Ishmael, like, eh, you know, not great, right? You're still not. You yeah. should have probably went to Padan Aram. Yeah. But at least it's not a Canaanite. And three wives. Yeah, also not very good. Not good. But Abraham, <laughs> Abraham made, he may have taken Hagar, but he only had one wife. Isaac, you know, eyes were, were, were shut, blind, maybe not even the smartest guy, but he only had one wife. Mm. That, that's, that's from the beginning the way that it was intended to be. So Jacob's like on this journey headed towards Haran in Genesis 28. This is important. Yeah, this is awesome. And in verse 10, it says he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head in that place to sleep and he dreamed and there was a ladder set up on the earth that reached to heaven at its top the top of the ladder reached to heaven behold the angels of god were ascending and descending on it and behold the lord stood above it and said i am the lord the god of abraham your father the god of isaac to the land in which you lie i will give to you and your offspring your offspring will be like the dust of the earth so he promises him all of this edenic stuff then jacob wakes from the sleep in verse 16 He's sworn that he's going to bring it to pass. And he even says, I'm with you. I'm going to keep you wherever you go. And I'm going to bring you back here. For I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. So Jacob gets this great news. Wakes up from the sleep and says, surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. Yeah. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than God's house. And this is the gate of heaven. So this is why the place is called Bethel. Yeah. At first, it gives us the history. It was Luz, but it's called Bethel. Jacob makes a vow saying, "If God, and this is important, 
If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear, so that I come again to my Father's house in peace. <laughs> Not pieces, like Esau probably would have liked. <laughs> but in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I have set up for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I give a full tenth to you. Yeah. And so Jacob goes to the land of his uncle, Laban. And as he gets there, he's, he's walking in. He says he looked and he saw a well in the field. And behold, three flocks of sheep were laying beside it. And out of that well, the flocks were watered. And the stone on the well's mouth was large. And when all the flocks had gathered there, the shepherds would roll the stone from the mouth of the well and water the sheep and put the stone back over it when they were done. Jacob said, my brothers, where do you come from? They said, well, we're from Haran. Do you know Laban, the son of Naor? Well, we know him. It is well with him. They said, it is well. See, look, by the way, there's his daughter, Rachel. She's coming down with the sheep. Behold, it is still high day. It is not time for livestock to be gathered together. Water the sheep and go pasture them. But they said, we cannot until all the flocks are gathered together and the stone is rolled away. And while he was still speaking with him, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. And as soon as Jacob saw the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, <laughs> Jacob came near and he rolled the stone off the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. So, like, he's clearly told, like, it's not time. we got to wait for all the people to get here. But as soon as this, this mm. fine-looking woman walks mm. up, he's like, I'll roll this big old stone off of her myself. Mm. A little bit of a flex. Yeah. <laughs> a flex and a flirt. Then Jacob kissed Rachel, brother's pretty forward, and he, <laughs> and, he, and he wept aloud. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's kinsman and that he was Rebekah's son, and she ran and told her father. <coughs> as soon as Laban had heard the news about Jacob, his sister's son, he ran to meet him and embraced him, and he kissed him. And he brought him into his house, and Jacob told Laban all these things. And he says, surely you are my <laughs> bone and my flesh. This is so funny to me because... Uh... Yeah, he is. <laughs> Jacob is a Jacob. Man, he is a conniving, thieving little weasel. And you think that he told Laban all the things? I wonder what all the things <laughs> means because it's almost like Laban's like, boy, and you remember the old veggie tales? Do we have a show for you? Man. It's like, dude, it's about to get hairy. So, yeah. for the sake of time, like, Laban basically says, like, hey, you know, you're, you can dwell with me. But you're not going to serve me for nothing. Yeah. Asking me whatever wage that you want, and I'll give it to you. And Jacob's like, that daughter of yours that I met down at the well. She's right? kind of fine. Yeah. The other one's eyes are weak. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. That clearly means, like, she's, she's ugly. Uh, she's ugly. Yeah. She's not Rachel. That's for sure. Yeah. She's not like my wife. I used to think. Yeah, that my wife she... has strong eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I used to think that it meant she had a lazy eye. <laughs> wow. We're not going to disrespect Leia any further on this podcast. You've got it, sister. <laughs> so Jacob says to Leia, uh, yeah. So we make, they make a deal. Give me your special, daughter. Yeah, yeah, seven years. Laban says, if you work for me for seven years, you'll have her for a wife. Yeah, he's, he's like, it's better that I give her to you than some other rando. So <laughs> Jacob serves him seven years. They seem to be a few days because of the love he had for her. That was the same for me and my wife, really. But, I mean. You served for seven years? No, I didn't do that. <laughs> but Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife that I may go into her for my time's completed. Pretty bold <laughs> thing to save your father-in-law. 
<laughs> this is a different color. Also, oh, gosh. So he takes uh, his daughter, Leah, in the evening after he's already gathered people together and have a feast. And what's at feast, my brothers? Some wine. Lots of strong drink. Some yeah, wine. Oh, boys, so, probably. Two sheets he's, to the wind. He, yeah, he was probably, accent. he may have been a little, a little toast. We don't know. We don't know. Laban gives his female servant, Zilpah, to Leah because he tricks Jacob. He's like, here's Leah. <laughs> but Jacob doesn't know. In the morning, behold, it was Leah. And not Rachel. That's a that's a that's a drinking story. I Man. mean, we may not know, but clearly she's weak of the Dude. eyes. <laughs> so and Rachel's beautiful, and then in the morning, oh, what's so funny is that <laughs> Jacob has the audacity to confront somebody about deception. Yeah, <laughs> at least you still got a daughter. The heel right? grabber gets heel grabbed. Yeah, you snuck Esau's blessing and his birthright. He got nothing yeah. except for a promise that he would serve you. And Laban gives up some cheap excuse. He's like, well, it's not good yeah. for uh, the, the younger to be married for the older. You guys don't know from over there, but it's not an our custom. Yeah. <laughs> so Jacob gets Jacob. It's kind of like but how. He, he makes a new deal. Yeah. He says, if you'll serve another seven years, then I'll give you the he, one. That he he kind of gives them the Darth Vader treatment here. I've altered the deal. So Jacob, you know, he serves for another seven years and he gives... Uh, her a female servant to Bilhah, and Jacob goes into Rachel also, and he he loved Rachel more than Leah, and served uh, Laban another seven years. So yeah. they start having children. Uh, the Lord sees that Leah is hated. This is so an important concept. Her, yeah, over and over, God seems to be going to the disenfranchised. Mm -hmm. He seems to be going to the one who. Like Hagar is the lesser. She's yeah. just, you know, yeah. He, he's he's or the second born, right? He's flipping custom on its head, and he seems to always be going in the place that you wouldn't expect him to go. Hmm. So he goes to Leah. He opens up her womb, and her name, yeah, his name is Reuben, the son, and it means, for since God has looked upon my affliction, now my husband will love me. So Reuben's name means see a son. Yeah, you know. You could roughly say God sees me. She conceives again after, bears another son, and says, because the Lord has heard me that I am hated, he has given me his son also. And just as a disclaimer here, hated doesn't mean the same thing in this text that it means in our contemporary English language. Hated means not preferred, <coughs> right? You're not the favorite. Whereas the one that's loved is the one that's favored and preferred. So the Lord has heard me that I'm hated. He's given me another son. So she calls his name Simeon. And she conceives again and bears another son and says, Now this time my husband surely will be attached to me, for I have borne him three sons. Therefore his name is called Levi. She conceives again, bears another son, says, This time I will praise the Lord. Therefore she calls his name Judah. And she ceased bearing. So the last child that Leah bears is named Judah. Yeah, and she praises the Lord. The, a quick point: while she ceases to have children in the end, we read that, that she her time's kind of done. It seems we do have that little hint dropped that Rachel she's barren, mm -hmm. and that's a pattern too. Yeah, I wonder if he's going to do the same thing here that Isaac did. I bet he will. <laughs> <laughs> So Rachel uh, saw that she bore Jacob no children. She envied her sister and said, give me children or I die to Jacob. 
Gosh. So Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel. He's like, dude, am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? Then she said, here's my servant, Bilhah. Go into her that she may give birth on my behalf. It's like, come uh, on. Sarah. <laughs> come Is she going to be? Re- no, she's Sarah. So yeah. it's a mess. I mean, <laughs> it just leads to more. So she said, Bilhah conceives him a son. Rachel says, God's judged me. He's heard my voice. So she calls her son's name, Dan. She conceives again, Bilhah, Rachel's servant. And Rachel said, with mighty wrestlings, I wrestled with my sister and prevailed. So she calls that son's name Naphtali. When Leah saw that she had ceased bearing children, and now Rachel's got a couple through her servant that actually aren't hers, she takes her servant, Zilpah, and gives her to Jacob as a wife. So now Jacob has four wives. Gosh. Leah's servant, Zilpah, bears Jacob a son, and Leah says, good fortune has come. So she calls his name Gad. Leah's servant, Zilpah, bears Jacob another son. And says, happy am I, for women have called me happy. So she <laughs> names him Asher. And then you have this like debacle where um, Rachel <coughs> and Leah are like bartering over some mandrakes that her son, that Leah's son has. <laughs> and there's this weird exchange where it's like, she said to her, is that a small matter that you have taken away my husband? Would you take away my son's mandrakes too? Rachel said, then... Um, he can lay with you tonight and give me your son's mandrakes. So she's like, okay. So Jacob comes from the field in the evening and Leah goes out to meet him and says, you must come into me for I've hired you with my son's mandrakes. Man. So that's awful. <laughs> a brother's been wow. hired. So God's <laughs> been traded like property. God listens to Leah and she conceives and bears Jacob a fifth son. So we thought the last one would be Judah, but she's bearing again. And his name is kind of funny. God has given me my wages because I have given my servant to my husband. So she calls his name Wages Issachar. Wow. <laughs> hey, Wages. <laughs> Get in here. It sounds like the Hebrew for wages or for hire, right? Leah so conceived again and she yeah. bore Jacob another son. Another one. These yeah. women be, there's some sons. She Something says, about these Haran women, boy. They man. Be, she says, God has endowed me with good endowment. Now my husband will honor me. I've borne him six sons. You think he will, Creek? What? Honor? Yeah. Yeah, probably. So God, <laughs> and, and she bears him a son, Zebulun. Um, she bears a daughter, calls her name Dinah. God remembers Rachel in verse 22, and God listens to her and opens her womb. And she conceives and bore a son, whose name means God has taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph, saying, may the Lord add to me another son. Now she's... She has a son. Now and, she's asking God for a son, though. And we kind of hone in on this, right? Because she's seems to be the important one. And, you know, Jacob tries to leave Laban in this next story. And we'll, we'll have uh, more stuff to cover then. But I don't think that Yakoving is done yet. There's going to be some more Yakoving. Oh, hopefully maybe one of Jacob's children will be the seed. Jacob's clearly not. He's not the guy. So hopefully in the next generation, we'll see. Well, the way things are going, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to another episode of At The Table Podcast. We hope you've been blessed by the content of the show. If you enjoyed, subscribe and give us a like on Facebook. If you want to support the podcast, go to our Patreon at The Table Podcast.
Until next time, thank you and God bless.